<laughs> Do it a little faster. You still got it. <laughs> it's your girl Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And we are Around, Around the, the Way Curls. Join us as we share our unique life experiences, aka tell all our business, and explore both the profound and the profane. Because duality, duality is, is a thing. thing. Good evening. Good evening. Happy Thursday or whatever. Hi. Hello. Hi. How? Internet, you go first. I really should not start this <laughs> podcast this week. I promise you I shouldn't. <laughs> promise. My ghostwriter sent me some content, y'all. So Rashir? I want to share. Yeah. I got to get known him as my ghostwriter. Oh, I have to now. tell you what he said to me. That's my. I, idea. um, he sent me, he's obsessed with TikTok. He's ahead of the curve. We got to get on TikTok, Antoinette. Is it ahead Tick- of the curve or ahead of the curb? It's mm. the curve, huh? Curb? Why would it be curve? Because everybody's lazy with how they pronounce it. And I always no, thought it was curve. No, it's ahead of the curve. You're curve. ahead of the curve. Because it's Not curving. the curb. <laughs> I was like, you're ahead of the curb. Like, we always driving on a curb. <laughs> that was wow. dumb. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> He's into TikTok. I think we should take some of our uh, videos and put it on TikTok, but that's another conversation. I don't want to stress you out. Go ahead, But anyway. You manage TikTok. He sent me this brilliant white woman, and I want to share with y'all what she said. I want to dare you to have an interesting life, which means I want to dare you to take some risks, which means I want to invite you to bite off more than you can chew, but only with this frame. Every risk you take requires recovery in your body. Because every experience that involves a heightened emotional state is going to go along with a heightened physical state, which is another way to say that you need to build in time to integrate whatever crazy thing you've done in your body. Depending on what you've done, this might look like shutting the blinds and getting more quiet, or it might look like turning up the music really loud and starting to dance like no one's watching. And if you have no clue about which direction to go, then try both, one at a time, and see which one your body likes better. I dare you to have an interesting life, and I also trust you to turn towards your body and ask, what does it need to integrate all of the beautiful risks you've just taken? I noticed that they talk very quickly on TikTok. We would have to it's be edited able to... like that, silly. Oh, they speed it up? Yes. Girl, you need to manage the TikTok. <laughs> no. I, never knew I swear that. to God, if I manage one more fucking thing, <laughs> around like, the way what? curls will be done. What in the goddamn world? Anyway, you what know that you white can woman speed up said, your reels too, right? There's a thing to that, speed it up. I know that, but I just thought they were speaking very quickly. And I said, wow, these people. Well, have we would really never fat. make it we would- <laughs> with our long winded asses. <laughs> I'm like, um, well. Especially fast- you. You be taking Basically, them long pauses. What she's saying is that in order to live, she she encourages you to live a life of of risks, right? But the physiological consequence of taking risks impacts you. Your it's it's fucking stressful to do things that you've never done before. So you have to make sure that in order to balance out and to process the risk that you take, you have a practice, like a physical practice to calm you down. Mm. I know from myself, 
I will take off more than I can chew. And I will take in from many different areas of my life and never have a space to like manage the stress that I'm going through. So you're just constantly in a space of like, oh my God, versus like, all right, I'm mapping out, like I know I'm about to take on the Christmas village and like this is going to be a lot. I know it's going to be intense. I don't want to miss this opportunity. I want to put all my all into it. So that means you have to like quiet other parts of your life. You have to like figure out how you make more space, whether it be walking, taking exercise, having sex, whatever it is, you have to figure out how to process these big risks in your life. And that that just made so much sense to me. And I was like, oh, it just hit different. It's like nothing, It there's nothing wrong with doing a lot of shit. But if you're doing a lot of shit and you have no balance to it and it's not like managed well, then what the fuck? But um, shout out to that, to that woman. And um, I think... A part of that in this moment is that I'm going to go to Atlanta. I'm going to go to Atlanta. It is originally, it was around doing a lot of work. I was going to do a pop-up. I was going to go sell a bunch of shit. And I could feel the stress just eating me alive. And I was like, no, I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go and I'm going to meander. And I'm going to walk around and I'm going to explore and... I'm going to have offer myself a moment of reprieve before shit gets wild. So I'll let y'all know how that goes. I know Atlanta's in deep mourning right now, so mm. maybe it's not the best time to go. But um, I think this is important. I think that's a major key for you, too. You're like, fuck that. I don't want to do that. But I think that that is a major what reprieve. Key. If the more that you take on, the more risks that you decidedly take, because everybody's like, oh, I got to live when I do scary things. I I feel alive. But it's like, are you offering yourself the pro- your body to process the risk that you take? But if you're taking on a huge thing while managing a bunch of other stuff, your body just does not have an opportunity to process what you did, to reflect on it and to calm the fuck down so that's what's going on how are you i i don't feel like i'm doing anything scary right now in my life i feel like everything i'm doing right now is not scary it is just a life suck or it's something that i enjoy i enjoy around the way girls (laughs) it's not scary to me though i think what would be what would be scary is like leaving the nine to five and financially I can't, but right now I am, I will be honest. I don't want to harp on this. I'm going to talk about it on Thursday a little more, but I'm nearing my breaking point. I know that that clip of me like zoning out was funny, but like I wasn't zoning out based off of what you were saying. I was literally that exhausted and like, just kind of short-circuited, it seemed. And, like, the more I looked... Like, the first time I watched the clip, I was cracking up. Like, girl, you got to reel it in. And then I saw it again and was like, wait, this is disturbing. 
And I'm telling you, like Beyonce, you was doing a Beyonce on us. Yeah, and I'm not Beyonce. We're getting paid like Beyonce, and so it's um. Anyway, I I was nearing my breaking point so much that I had a reading done. Oh, with my Who? with a, with a friend with a home group. I love that for you. I went and got a reading done. Did your light just yes. go off? No. Oh, I went and got a reading done and. Basically, the reading confirmed everything that I was feeling. It was that it basically said that right now is a time where I'm putting my head down and just working and grinding it out. Work has been awful. There's stuff going on with around the way curls that we've needed to jump into action, you know, and get things organized in a way. Um, And just been taking it on. And I looked up and Wednesday came along and I hadn't left my house since Monday. Got a ticket on my car. (laughs) Because I couldn't, I couldn't leave. I was working until one o'clock in the morning every night, starting at eight thirty in the morning, and just going. And it's just no way to live. Um, so I'm very, I'm very disappointed in myself that I'm still having this conversation. I feel like a broken record. Um, and so I'm trying not to judge myself. But anyway, the reading was helpful. The reading was saying that. Rest is coming, but I can't just say it. I have to do it. I have to do the thing. So even today, around like, even late, it was late, but 7 o'clock, I had people reaching out to me because there's just all these fire drills right now at work, and I put up an out-of-office, and then they called, and I did not answer. (laughs) And it'll be there tomorrow. I can't solve it, and I just... Even now, like I feel my, I, I feel like the girl on House of the Dragons, the girl that was um, picking at her skin. I'm sitting here doing that to my fingers. Like I need to chill out. Yeah, uh, like this morning I woke up at like five o'clock in the morning with all this stuff on my head, and I just put the calm app on and tried to meditate and get myself to go back down, and that worked. And then I overslept like five minutes into a meeting. <laughs> So I'm, I am not going to sit here and say that I have not been struggling. I want to apologize to the patrons. The video has been going up later and later. I will work to rectify that. Um, but yeah, it's been a struggle and I, I, I feel myself like, I feel like I want to cry right now because I'm just, Hmm. it's just a lot and I'm, I'm just managing it, but I'm, I'm so frustrated. Um, anyway, I'm doing the I'm best sorry. that I absolutely can. Um, and I'm not going to drop the ball with this because this is something that I love. So it's just like, all right, I just have to figure it out. And it's and again, I think the thing that I can offer folks is that when this when this type of thing, when this comes to be right and you're met with this type of stress or whatever, like. I have to remind myself, this isn't your life. This is what's happening right now. You ha- you can work to change it. Mm-hmm. This is not how everything always is. You know, like, mm-hmm. I have to just put things into perspective of, like, right now, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can just put one foot forward. But it's been a lot. It's been a lot the last couple of weeks, so... And then I'm just, I'm planning like a baby shower and it kind of all fell on me and I'm so excited for it. It's this weekend and it's with like one of my best friends, shout out to Angela. 
and you know, I'm just managing it, and I and I know it's gonna pay off. I know that the work that we're doing with the Roundaway Curls is it's gonna pay off. I know it. I just have to stay the course. So it'll be stay fine. the course and be in practice of rest because the the work is always going to be there. Yeah. And increase. So. And with that said, I want to prep prep folks that come the end of December, January, we'll, we will be taking time off. There will be a period of time where we are not recording. Maybe we can find some old episodes to put up, but just know that it's about to be like a friend zone kind of rest. <laughs> and yeah, for sure. Lots of podcasts have seasons. Yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't be crying on the mic. So anyway, that's it. Oh, no, it's not. I had something funny to say. Speaking of your ghostwriter, Rashid, <laughs> I want to play this, but I don't know if, um, uh, I don't know. It's kind of, it's rather long, but I, I found this, um, mm-hmm. clip of the daily show. And you know me, you know, how I'm always like men, men have feelings and men need touch and they need intimacy. Well, Trevor Noah feels the same goddamn way. And he talked about it on the show, and I just want to play it because I sent it to your boyfriend, and I, I'll I'll wait to tell you what his response was. There was a there was a Washington Post article that came out saying that men in their thirties are having less sex than ever before, uh, you know, in history. Two things: one, very seldom in society do we talk about how the expectation of sex was often set by a society controlled by men, and women were just subject to it. You know, and as that has changed, you would hope that now the dynamics would change. But it also it also makes it seem so one dimensional. They go like, women, are, you know, men aren't having the sex that they want to have or wish to have. And I, I go like, how much sex do they think they're supposed to have? Let's stop there. <laughs> Secondly, like, do they think they're entitled to the sex? And third, and most importantly for me, and I really feel like we don't speak about this enough, is people don't realize how often men are experiencing a lack of intimacy. And the only place that they can experience that intimacy is through sex. We've created a society where men are so afraid to be vulnerable with each other, to be, you know, sensitive with each other, to care for each other, to love each other. You know, even saying that as a guy, you always have to change and be like, you can't just say, I love you. You have to be like, I love you, dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, 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 you gotta throw it like you can't just say it. And, and it's interesting because that, that is where I do feel women have done a much better job of being there intimately for each other. Not sexually, but intimately. And I think we take for granted how much in society men who say sex is the thing they're not getting are actually struggling with a lack of companionship, of intimacy, of being in a space with a person where, they, where they're sharing you know, everything from serotonin to endorphins to what, to what humans need to feel. You know, and, and I, I, I hope we can change that conversation just a little bit more. I, you know, I hope we get to the place where guys go, oh, I actually, actually didn't need the sex. I needed to be held. And I live in a society where it's hard to be held unless I'm having sex. Because as guys, you can't just go to a guy and be like, just hold me. <laughs> True. And I, I, I hope the conversation goes there, you know, not just from, well, a right to sex. It's like, no, sometimes you just want to be held. There are many sex workers who, who've talked about this, where they'll talk about how many men will pay them and then say, hey, can we just talk? Can we just sit on the bed and talk? And can you just hold me? Can you just... And I think if, if we have a little more 
of those conversations, a few more honest conversations, a few more vulnerable conversations, we may get to a place where it's not just about sex or no sex, it's people actually saying, oh yeah, we are full human beings who require a full spectrum of, of you know, affection and affections towards us. And in the same way, for many years, great therapists have been saying that women have to be allowed to express that they want and enjoy sex. I think we also have to encourage men in society to go, hey, I want to express and enjoy intimacy despite or apart from sex. I sent that because I, I remember you saying that Rashid brought up when we were talking about young boys and how all of a the sudden they hit puberty and we stop hugging them, touching them, loving on them. And his response was, aw, cries in South African. <laughs> and I was like, I fucking, I wrote him and was like, Rashid, I'm fucking screaming. <laughs> I can't stand him. But anyway, I know that it rang a bell, but I I just really appreciated Trevor Noah. And he goes on and on um, to discuss it. But I, I think what was also interesting was the audience's response and how they were laughing. They mm -hmm. They couldn't even, they thought he was being funny and he was dead serious. So... In the beginning, they thought he was being funny. And no, they, they kept laughing even near the end. They keep going. Like, that wasn't the end of the clip. So anyway, shout out to Rashid. Shout out to his sense of humor. And shout out to him crying in South African. <laughs> so, <laughs> so stupid. Ghost Rider. I mean, Runway Girls anyway, Ghost Rider. Sorry. That's it. Forgive me. That's it. <laughs> uh, so for our hot shit... Y'all may have noticed at the beginning of this episode, we have a new intro, which is very exciting. I did hear that somebody, people do miss the money and dicks, but. I heard lots of great things about <laughs> this intro. Of course you has, you know what? I, and it irritates me that the one week that I'm like, we don't even talk about money or dicks. <laughs> I'm talking about penises. So much dick. It's so, it annoyed me so much. To my core, it annoyed me. I was like, ooh. <laughs> but I did not stay up all night editing that new one to hear no bullshit. Somebody called and said, oh my God, new intro. I'm winning. That's all I wanted to say and hung up. So we're Aww. good. My, my no. brother, my sister's husband, let me know that he thinks it's bullshit that we changed the intro. But, you know, it's tricky. He did. The profound of the profane, I just feel. We need to do a, we, let's do a, we need to let it, let it cook a little longer because we only a weekend. But in like a couple months, let's just see how people feel. Like, is it the profound and the profane or is it money and dicks? Money and dicks will always be there. It's the there. same thing. Anyway. It's not the same. <laughs> the it profound is. and the profane is not money and dicks. Love and light money and dicks. They're interchangeable. They mean the same thing. Basically. All right, but well, I want you to know what I went through to try to find all those ambient noises and try to recreate that old sound. I had to go through all of my old iTunes purchases from like the last two Jesus. years. I went back to 2020 and was like, when did I make this fucking intro? So now I'm smart. I smartened up and was like, save the whip file, like save the garage. No, it, it, sounds, it sounds seamless. It sounds clear. 
as much okay, as y'all may have loved the old one, it was that sounded trash. Amazing. It was it, echoey. It sounded terrible. <laughs> hurt my ears every time I, I heard it. I hated I hearing said, Ouch. that. And you know Owie. what's crazy? If I ever and and Mandy said the same thing. I think Bridget too. Jade. They were like, if I ever heard an podcast intro like that. I would I would log off so quick because I would think that was the quality of the actual podcast. So it just it wasn't giving best foot forward. All right, it wasn't giving that. It was giving Zoom. My boot my beatboxing was very good in the first one though. It was not doing. What oh, it I had think done. you beatboxed incredibly in the second as well, <laughs> Queen. I do. I do. Good job by you. And in other news, though. My mom texts me today and I, I heard it or I read it and she goes, why didn't you tell me Jasmine was singing the national anthem? And I said, what? girl, I don't know what you're talking about. Jasmine sang the national anthem for the World Series because the Phillies are in the World Series and she didn't say anything. And it irritates me because I was just I've been talking to her more than normal for reasons we don't whatever i just been talking to her a lot and girl she ain't say nothing she looked good she sounded amazing this is the first time she i've said, heard do you tell me about all your little jobs that you do nigga this is a no. big deal job the world series <laughs> is a huge big deal like that's not it's she not just said. a random basketball of ba- baseball game baseball. but anyway she sounded beautiful you should listen to it um she's done it for the flyers alone oh. before but this time she really she really belted it out. I was like, oh, and she hits this run at the end. I said, bitch, slap your mother. But um, yeah, so shout out to that. I can't find it anywhere on YouTube, which is really annoying me. I mean, and the didn't blogs, it just drop? Didn't it come out today? Yeah, but the N- the um, MBL should have posted it already. Mm. The NBL. Fire him. National Fire their social media Baseball person. League. Yeah, the MBL. N. Is it M? Ooh, out. I don't know. One of them. Interchangeable. Again. National Baseball League. But I thought it was... but nas- Major na- Baseball League. No, it's the major, major leagues, but it's major a national le- best baseball <laughs> If you got me telling you it, <laughs> you Let know me you fucking up. off. <laughs> MBL. Is it MBL? Oh, my God. I just... It's MLB. See? Jesus D- B. <laughs> Good journalism. <laughs> so- Wait, Major League Baseball. I can't stand myself. Look at this. Look at this. Congress. Let me say something real quick. I just got to check in. I don't know if we've talked about this before. But I think that baseball players be the finest. Oh, yeah, because they be Dominican. What? They the fuck out of here. They fine as shit. No. Not the white ones. No, even though no, the white men, their their body types are what I prefer. I feel like basketball players look like monsters. Like freak basketball players. Basketball players look like monsters. They're like freaks of nature. They're like No, not point guards. You need a point guard. It's like six foot. That's all. Generally, like if we were going to do a uh average Basketball players look like they're freaks of nature. Football wow. players are too damn big. I'll take a running back or or a wide receiver any day. But foot base soccer players and baseball players like the their body the ratio. Ooh. They be fine. They, listen, these it's little the baseball bill. players. It's the bill for me. It's not. It's the. It's the ethnicity for me. I be like, wow. listen, y'all fine. Is, no, y'all where brown. The y'all in the sun. Hey, I thought you were doing that again. Let me tell you something. I don't black you like in you. The sun, I black like Miss. You tan. 
You be running. She said they be you out there. You be running. Wow. <laughs> like y'all fine. What the? And they had a little chains on. The Ooh, chains. It's the chains yes. on the bronze skin. Mommy. Lord, hallelujah. You like they them? don't have. There's not that many like super brown skin ones though, and so that's why it surprises me that I'm. But it's the that sun kiss that some of them look red. You know they got that undertone too. I'm like, woo, child. They're bad. Just, of, mm, of, baddies. Of all the and they athletes. got fatties because they run. They do. That's what I meant when I said they run. They they got little fatties on them. So do the so do the um certain football players like they the do, running backs and the wide because they yeah there's a certain level of sprint fat that they have to men. have in them. You like a We're fat basketball ass players, man, huh? They're not really splitting it. Oh, I love a I love a good booty. Nigga <laughs> got a fat ass. Let me tell you something. Chill. Listen to me now. <laughs> I saw it was actually through your friend that I saw this. Who? I saw through Jason Rosario's um damn I oh, said that yeah. man's full fucking name. I saw on his uh <laughs> social story. media that Salt dropped an album and I was like, cool, 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 that's that's whatever. Last night I remembered it while I was in the middle of uh editing our podcast and I was like, let me let me download this. So they just released a brand new downloads, five albums they dropped, full albums. I'm talking like 13 to 18 song albums, five mm. of them. They did it free, basically off of the like grassroots, like, yo, take all of these digital files. You can have them directly. It's not available on Spotify, Apple, any of your streaming um platforms they did it password only they did it in a cryptic way that i was like i don't know what the fuck the password is and i just googled it but <laughs> y'all need to download these albums asap you need to go to salt.global it's s-a-u-l-t dot global i'm i don't even know once this podcast comes out on Monday, if this will be available to y'all. So you may have to ask other will. people that have downloaded it. But if by chance they extended it, the password is God is love. And I listened to them yesterday and I was like, I listened to one album. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. I went to a cafe today and I was literally crying in that cafe Listening to these, to which I one? was losing to my fucking them? mind. What you say? To which one? To all of them? To all of them. Every last mm. one of them, I lost my fucking mind to. They have different sounds. I mean, they have their general sound, but like one is, um, it's orchestral. It's basically mm. just an orchestra. And I was like, if black people, once black people tap into orchestras and start fucking that shit up and dominating that nigga, like, watch out now. But to me, it feels like a bomb for the world in a lot of ways. So all of the songs are centered around... Um, a relationship with God around faith, around hope, around empowerment, and not in a way that feels like kitschy or feels super, super religious. Um, 
but it feels real it feels authentic it feels Mm -hmm. like these people are like living breathing and deeply deeply invested in their involvement and like have deep hope for humanity in a way that was so refreshing to me because I'm always like yo this shit is going to crash and burn and there's nothing we can do and it really made me think about hope in a different way and y'all have to go download it maybe I don't know maybe I'm freaking the fuck out but just I'm just obsessed. If you guys aren't familiar with salt, they are very, they're like an enigma. It's very like, very secret. You don't actually know who's a part of the entire collective. Um, Cleo soul for sure is in it mm-hmm. and you can hear her voice all throughout it. But um, apparently, and I didn't know this, the project is helmed by producer inflow He's very popular for his work with Little Sims, um, Michael Kiwanuka, Cleo Soul, Jungle, and has worked with Adele as well. They're all from Britain. They have never played a live show. They've never given an interview. Like They just put their work out. They just put their work out, and them niggas are working. They're not playing with anybody. I I was just like, this. these are masterpieces. Like, what? I haven't been that excited about music in a really, really long time and like touched in the same way that I think Cleo Soul's um, last album felt really, really heartfelt. It feels like, yeah, it feels like they are appealing. It's like a medium of prayer. That's what it felt like to me. It felt yeah. like a medium of fucking prayer. And I'm I listened to some of it. I didn't obviously didn't get a chance to listen to all of it with my schedule, but I think I'm gonna play it tonight. Oh, I'll you should. Yeah. It just gives you hope. And I was like, oh my God, this is this is amazing. Another hot news. Um, the best man final chapters are streaming on Peacock starting in December, and everybody is back. We get Nia. Is this a show? Yeah, it's going to be a show. It's everybody. Everybody Morris can't be Chestnut. back because that lady died. What lady? Morris Chestnut's wife. I made that up. Didn't she die? In the last one. When they had the best. Oh, well, I mean, you know, the, the, the characters. But that's the movie, right? Yeah, not any of the real actors didn't die, right? Just no, the characters No, no, not in real life. Oh, I thought that's, that's what character. you meant. No, no, God. Tay Diggs is in there. I also have mixed toxic emotions around Tay Diggs. You know, he was like this theater guy and like I didn't like him married to his white wife, but it feels like he's like You are toxic. I got a lot of problems. I'm gonna work on it. You do with Tay Diggs. Cause his now his I love his social media. He is so himself in every way and I really appreciated it and I love his relationship he looks with like his lady. they have fun they look like they have fun I'm weary of Instagram couples but I I do like being a fly on the wall in their relationship I Who really is do it? that's uh, Omarion's ex-wife yes yeah, he never married her it's his baby mom True. and then she was she went out with his his bandmate and she dated Dr. Dre tricky oh. it's tricky over there I don't know how life. she pulls him that's a beautiful she lady she bad. She's, she more than cute. She's she she's fun too. I think it made sense when, why she got with Tay Diggs after we saw how corny Omarion was. It was like, oh, but Tay Diggs just feels like he's not trying to be cool. Where Omarion still feels like he wants to be cool, but he's corny. If he just embraced how corny he was, it would work. 
True. But tricky. I didn't realize Omarion was that corny. Not until what did he recently. do? What did he do that was that corny? versus was terrible. I f- and then he just oh. wouldn't stop. He just wouldn't stop after the verses. He just wouldn't stop with the watermelon. And it was just like that what? was his brother with the watermelon. No, he did it on verses. You didn't watch verses. He brought his brother out, and they both started eating the watermelon like that. <laughs> In the middle of the show, but Mario Shame. was eating his ass up on that versus, and Omarion couldn't sing live. Who knew? Anyway, shout out to Tay Diggs and his lady. I'm excited what's it, what's her name? for April? I, Yeah, I'm I'm excited for the um for the show to come back. Oh, yeah, it wasn't a show; it was a movie. Well, That's why I'm movie. surprised. I'm it's excited the show. for the, the the show to come back. And kicking off, these are these are elite black actors, okay? So I think it's going to be good, and I'm excited for it. Shout out to Nia Long coming back, coming through with the come through, showing up in the world. Nia stayed with her man. We all were we all were flabbergasted. She said, oh, she? "Yeah, Nia was like, what? She's like, y'all could he go just ahead. made it out in the public. I I knew this. She, <laughs> she was, was like, like, I'm a 50 year old lady. Mind your business. We good, <laughs> and I loved oh, no, it. That's right. Like, huh? We're good. Say love. He about to get hired by the Nets. Anyway. Mm. Now, here you go. Speaking of throwbacks, Babyface is coming out with a new, or has come out, came out October 29th, Girls Night Out. Babyface says, I'm very excited about the upcoming album and everyone on it. The process for it reminded me of when I did Waiting to Exhale. (laughs) And... I'm excited for the world to hear. So he has all the young girls on it. He has Ari Lennox, Baby Tate, Ella Mai. Ella Mai or Ella Mai? Ella Mai, I think. Ella Mai. We don't know. He have all the young girls on it. I think What's Her Face is on it too. It's the Summer. Summer. Summer it's Walker. A- I said Baby Face. Where the fuck is Jasmine Sullivan? Thank like, you. Who I the saw fuck it cares like- about this if you don't have <laughs> Jasmine Sullivan on there? I was... Confused when I saw it, I said, "Wait, don't you dare!" I said, "It could have been like waiting cur- to exhale." The, the if you had all queens, the greats, the current queens of R and B is is what he said. And then I looked and I said, mm, "Skipping now." <laughs> I haven't listened to it. It's probably wonderful. No, with Jasmine, she probably was like, mm, "No." No, Jasmine. Oh, you mean if he reached? No, she She's probably like, was like, "I'm very busy with my project. It's too much." She was like, mm. "I'm busy being sitting at home." <laughs> staring at the ceiling child I wish the best for them this girls night out but it's giving girls it's not giving young R&B women of this era that <laughs> fuck it up we old listen to us <laughs> and listen to Ella us. May what is she what them kids that's a country now. name not every Ella week, May <laughs> every week we age ourselves more and more I hear it too it's like it's giving girls like well no shit yeah they're like 10 years younger than you Speaking on these children. Is Chloe and them on it? Chloe and Haley? Maybe. That's, that's they even more of a slap of a face. They, the fuck is Jasmine must have said, no, I me can't. Me won't do it. She didn't say no. Don't say that. Don't put that out there that she said no to baby face. Well, <laughs> there's a um, there's a delay on your end, so I'm having a hard time doing this. I'm getting your audio a little late. So I'm talking over you as well. But politics. Y'all, I attempted to talk about the elections, the recent elections in Brazil, but it 
It was not succinct after listening back. It was a little hard to follow and a bit all over the place. So I'm going to attempt to do that again next week. So bear with me. But if you have not uh, been following the presidential elections in Brazil, it's definitely something that is of the utmost importance. It has quite, quite a lot of effect on the entire globe. And it is quite a reflection of the state of democracy around the world. So check that out, do a little research, and um, I will be back next week with a much better rundown (laughs) of what is going on over there. And I know that a lot of people aren't paying attention to Brazil, but we should be. Brazil. 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 I apologize for butchering that. I'll get it together. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Um, Midterm elections, by the time this comes out, it comes out on Monday. Ciao. You got to vote on Tuesday. So tomorrow, make sure you vote. Lord Jesus, please. Also, New York being possibly going red is like blowing my mind right now. Mm. I can't even wrap my head around it. Mm. But New York, Pennsylvania, everyone. I know that we have people listening from all over the country and the world. Please make sure. You exercise your right to vote if you can vote in this country. It is very important. We won't tell you who to vote for, but to the left, to the left. (laughs) Okay. Um, In other news, Nancy Pelosi's husband was attacked in his home. I need to tell this story. I'm not a good storyteller today, obviously, but... Mr. Pelosi was in his home sleeping in, in I think, um, San Francisco, in a townhouse. Um, some crazy lunatic, I forgot his name too, uses a hammer, breaks into a back door that's like a glass door, comes in to the house, and Mr. Pelosi wakes up to this human staring at him. Mm, terrifying. With, that that has to be terrifying. With zip ties and everything the fuck else on him. <gasps> saying, where's Nancy? Nancy Pelosi was in D.C. at the time. So 
mind you, the home is monitored by the police, but because she wasn't there, they weren't actively monitoring it. Because Nancy Pelosi gets the most threats out of any one person in Congress. It makes sense because she has been in power for so long. Also, she's a woman, and also she's very outspoken in certain areas. Um, so anyway. Not him being attacked by an immigrant. Was he? I don't. He's from Canada. He's getting deported. Really? David oh DePap. David DePape? DePape? <sighs> I don't know, child. Child. But anyway, this man goes on to say, he goes on to say, you know, my wife's not home. How can you and I resolve this? And he says, w I'll wait for her. And he's like, she's not going to be back. So I've, this is like some shit out of a movie. So he tries to go into an elevator. That's how big their house is. Tries to go into an elevator. The guy prevents him from doing that. And then he somehow persuades the man to let him use the bathroom. He uses the bathroom. That's where he was charging his phone. Like all old people, they charge their phones in the bathroom for some reason. He was charging his phone. He calls 911. He starts speaking in code um, with, like, I think the phone somewhere in his pocket. The 911 dispatch dispatcher recognizes that something is up and they're listening in, but they can't quite tell what's going on. So he's saying, like, well, what do you want with Nancy? What are you this? Like, he, he's not saying, like, yo, come help me because he doesn't want to yeah. escalate the situation. Smart. Right. So they finally show up. As they're showing up, he and the intruder are tussling for the hammer. This is an older man, like an elderly man. They're tussling over this hammer, and the police witness him take the hammer and strike him in the fucking skull with it. He has skull fra fractures. He obviously falls to the ground. The police apprehend the intruder. The intruder is saying stuff like, listen... I was, I have to do this so that everybody under, I had to, what did he say? I have, to, I had, I needed to do this so that I could set an example and I wasn't going to kill Nancy. I was going to break her kneecaps so that they had to wheel her in to Congress to make a point to say, when you, when you lie, this is what happens. That is literally what this man is had said. So now Thank God her husband lived. The worst part about all of this is that a bunch of Republicans, jackasses, are saying that this was a paid actor. Her husband is a paid actor somehow. The other guy's a paid actor, like a Jesse Smollett kind of thing, Smollier. And that she's doing this to get attention and to sway the midterm vote. I mean, what? You, I pay somebody to crack a hammer against my elderly husband? You got to be fucking kidding me. So that is just the low of the low. And then you have this situation where you have the media where just this year, I just read that they spent, the Republican Party spent $200 million on ads to disparage Nancy Pelosi specifically to target her. 200 million. You know, I could do it $200 million. They fuck, I just can't. We pissing money out there. Like, what? So this is the state of affairs. This is a sad state of affairs. Also, Nancy, how old is Nancy Pelosi? I think she's at least 80-something. This lady needs to rest. Like, I get it. Not every, she, she's not everybody's fucking rest. favorite. No, I'm serious. Like, 
I get that she is not everyone's favorite, but she has been doing this. She's 82 years old. She has been doing this work. And like for so long, for so fucking long. And now she has to deal with this. Someone attacks her husband. Is she? Going, what did she say? Has she said anything? She said nothing so far. Nancy, she probably she just fucking to, worried listen, about her husband. You need to stop. Pause. She, she's, she's lived through the insurrection where they're like, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? It's, a, it's literally that man sounded exactly like the people from the insurrection. It's wild. It's, it's really wild. So I don't know. I, I, I am very worried it's not the first, I mean, this is not the first time that members of Congress have been targeted. Um, I will say that it happens the other way as well. Democrats, there was a spike in Democrats threatening Republican Congress members when uh, Brett Kavanaugh was put on the, on the court when, you know, the, what is it, Obamacare was threatened and when Roe v. Wade was overturned. So, but all of us need to get it the fuck together because this, this is, this is nuts. This is nuts. But it's also tricky because they really believe what they're saying. They believe she is a liar. Mm-hmm. They be- So he's looking at himself as a revolutionary. You see what I'm saying? Like, we are always like, you can't work within the system. You got to do this. You got to do that. You know, it takes mm. radical disobedience. It takes an uprising. That's tricky. Disruption. Yeah, disruption. It up. That happens on both sides. Ciao. So, the disruptions. The, the disruption sounds good until you're on the other side of it. When you're dealing with somebody who feels just as vehemently that they are right. So, Shaking it up, ciao. That's all I got to say. We need to pray for all of us, but definitely for her poor husband. I, I hope that he has like his cognitive abil- abilities. I, I, you just is never know. Is he in critical condition or is he recovering? He was. I believe he was released today, but you you don't know what that means. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I put this on here. Elon Musk buys Twitter <laughs> and runs amok. I can't really get into this. I, because I, I really want to get into this other thing, and I'm looking at the time. But I, Elon Musk, Twitter is now <laughs> buying back the stock from its employees. Mm. Twitter is privately owned now; like it, it's not a public thing. <laughs> it's what he is shaking shit up. Twitter has had more hate speech on it <laughs> in the last, like since he purchased it. And basically said, like, free speech, free all. Since I think it's, um, since it's birth. And then you have this billionaire saying he's going to charge people $8 a month (laughs) for their blue check mark for their free speech. Which is just, it's a, it's just an, it is incredible. I feel, listen. I don't really care about Twitter. I'm really on Twitter because Mandy and them be posting stuff about see the thing is. And I realize that there, we have followers on Twitter. So I'm going to like repost. The only reason why I'm on Twitter is because of black Twitter. I just need someone who has some tech savvy to just create our own space 
because I really don't want to be on Twitter anymore. I don't, I feel so badly for the people that I know that work at Twitter. They are probably, they don't know what the fuck is going on right now. And I, I, I just, we'll just have to wait and buckle up. And, and I was, I was reading about how this came to be and I'll shut up, but Elon Musk the final straw with Twitter was that one, he, he's, he's becoming, when he first joined Twitter, he was tweeting like everybody else. Oh, wanted to work out today. Instead, I went to IHOP. Like, shit like that. And then it gradually, he started to realize like, oh, I can use this as a vehicle for my own celebrity for advertising of my company's X, Y, and Z. And so he started to master how, like the art of Twitter, and his celebrity and his and advertising his companies on there, right? Then he starts his political views start to become more and more um, aligned with the right, or at least um, empathetic to the right, mm-hmm. right? And he's he's really frustrated by the idea of censorship, and so then you have Twitter taking a stand against. Um, Trump. What, not just Trump. It, Trump was one of them after the insurrection. But it was, who's the guy? He just got, he just, he was just on trial and had to pay all the Sandy Hook folks uh, oh, yeah. money. I uh, forget his name. Mm-hmm. But him, like, boy. they were ousting a lot of those kind of folks. And and most of those folks were the the right wing conspiracy theory. We believe in QAnon. You know, we believe that the Democrats are... Um, Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Thank you. That the the the, the Democrats are uh, what is it? They have some sort of Pedophiles. child prostitution ring. Yeah, like all that kind of stuff. And so he just felt like Twitter is starting to utilize too much power. Now they're becoming dangerous with the censorship. Which I know a lot of people who don't disagree with that. And then he says, "I've got it." I'm going to change it. I'm just going to buy it. And But the thing that, that really pissed him off was that they kicked off a satirical right-wing cartoon. And, like, they, 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 were, they posted these satirical right-wing cartoons with, like, stories, um, with some, like, copy. And he loved this outlet. He thought it was really witty. It was really funny. Even if he didn't agree politically, he thought it was funny. And when they got ousted, that was the final straw for him. Can you believe that? It's something out of succession where it's like this one thing he really likes and he has all this money. He's like, I'm going to buy it and change it and bring, bring my cartoon back. And he's changing the course of so many people's lives. All of these people that work at this institution, that use it for their business purposes it, it's wild times right now. Apparently, he just met with the head of some African American yada yada yada. I don't I feel know. Like child. Elon Musk is um, far more strategic than that. Like I think he has the avatar that he plays off of, but I think he's. I don't know. I think it's far more strategic. I think he's far more embedded um, and invested yeah. in surveillance than we let on or he lets on to be, I don't know. I, don't I think know, he is too, but I think that he's winging this. I don't know. Who knows? Well, we'll see. I, I don't know why you would put a lot that, like he put a lot of fucking money 
Well, he tried uh, to get out of it, and then Twitter to, and sued then he pushed him. Forward, yeah. No, Twitter sued him. Why and then would he Twitter re- do that? I don't Twitter understand. Fuck, because I, don't I guess it. they wanted the money. He had already said that well, he was. Fuck Twitter, then. Like, why would you do what, that? That's what I'm saying. We just need a black space where we can just have black what black Twitter was. I don't but know. But they sued him and was like, oh, no, you can't back out of this deal now. Yeah, I think he did something that he couldn't, like, legally, he couldn't no, he, do Yeah, it. he knew he was going to lose. So he was like, they I'm were not going to waste money to fighting. have him not do it. Like, they were trying to figure out a way for him not to do it, and he kept pushing. Anyway, I don't, I don't remember. that. I remember listening to a whole bunch of um, articles about it, but yeah. what, child? Prayers to Twitter. RIP to the Twitter that we knew and loved. Um, Next up, and I'll try to be quick. Affirmative action is not only under attack, but most likely about to be overruled by the Supreme Court. I'm putting $100 on it right now. That affirmative action is kaput. Um, There is an argument. And again, I've been busy. I don't remember this man's name. But But what's happening is there is a group an Asian alliance that is suing Harvard um, for discrimination. And basically their, their argument is that they had better test scores. um, That basically they were better students than some of the individuals that were selected to be in Harvard. And they feel that affirmative action um, works against them. Right. Right. They are being backed by a super, super right-wing white man. I can't remember his name right now. Who's already made this argument, but he made this argument for white folks and lost. (laughs) And now he's backing this um, group of Asian students. Um, And so I was listening to the Supreme Court justices (sighs) talk to the lawyer from Harvard. And um, the argument is that race doesn't correlate to one's experience or thought process. And so that's that's what the students are saying. And they're just saying, like, it's unconstitutional for race to be a part of the decision-making when it comes to admission. Justice Sotomayor proudly says that she is someone who benefited from affirmative action, she says that her test scores were not good enough to get into into Princeton. She she often says that she entered through the back through the side door, but when she got there, she excelled. Um, you have Judge um, Katanji Brown Jackson. Um, she is like race as a classification for affirmative action is not the only item. That's, that's being viewed for admissions. Mm-hmm. So now you get into this conversation around what diversity is, right? Because affirmative action was put into place, to be clear, not to right the wrongs of our history. It was put into place so that universities, their education would be richer. They felt that if you have... A, a university that is reflective of the com- of the country from all different students with different backgrounds that you would have a richer educational experience. I also want to point out just really quickly that the people that benefit the most from affirmative action, just like welfare are white women. <laughs> 
but we don't want to talk about that. Um, but it, this conversation, um, you know, Katanji Brown Jackson was saying, you know, there's so many other factors. We think about legacy. Legacy means that that means somebody else in their family went to that university. That is considered. Donations are considered. If you are going to donate a library to the school, maybe your kid gets in, which I think is fucked up. Sports, athletic ability is considered. Talent is considered. Then you get into what diversity is, socioeconomic status, um, physical abilities. Like, are, are you an able-bodied human? Sex, gender, um, race is one of them, yes. Uh, where you were actually from in the world. There are so many different things that make up diversity. But I thought it was interesting that... The Republic, well, can't say Republicans because you're not supposed to know how the Supreme yeah. Court just, you're right. The conservatives on the court, which again, uh, are the majority right now, they were hell bent and stuck on this idea of diversity. And all they could attribute diversity to was race. So I just want to play this. So, Adam, you were just telling me that. The conservative justices were really focused on this idea of diversity and questioning it. How did you see that play out in the arguments? Well, it happened almost as soon as the lawyer for the University of North Carolina, Ryan Park, made the standard pitch for diversity. Diversity is our nation's greatest source of strength. We live in a large and sometimes unwieldy democracy. And for that democracy to flourish, People of all different backgrounds and perspectives have to learn to live together and unite in common purpose. And he's barely done sketching out that account of diversity. I welcome the court's questions. Uh, Mr. Park, um, I've heard the word uh, diversity quite a few times, and I don't have a clue what it means. When Justice Clarence Thomas, who is quite hostile to affirmative action, asks, what does diversity mean? I don't have a clue what it means, he says. Uh, it seems to mean everything for everyone. Coon Clarence Thomas. I can't with this one. He is true. Bro, you don't know what diversity is and you're a black man and you're married to a white woman. Make it make sense to me. That's Uncle Ruckus if I ever knew an Uncle Ruckus. He, he is irritating me. But anyway, he goes on to say that and then they go on to discuss precedent. And the precedent is that when this was tried i think 20 years ago yes 20 years ago really that's all no no that's not when it came to be i'm saying oh. someone someone oh, 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 oh. tried oh. to mm -hmm. tried it mm -hmm. to repeal it or i don't know the proper legal term terminology they tried but it. the justice at that point said basically listen we're going to uphold this, but we feel in 25 years, it'll no longer be needed. So that's what all the justices, the conservative justices are hold, hanging their hats on is that, well, it's 20 years later. What's diversity? And then how do you quantify it? And how do you know when you've achieved it? And then they go on to say, well, you know, how Brett Kavanaugh, of course, well, what about religious diversity? You know, there's Christians, there's Muslims, there's Jews, there's this. That's diversity. How do you know if the student body is diverse in that way? And then <laughs> the Harvard lawyer goes, well, 
the students have to offer that information on their applications. So he's like, oh, so they can qualify themselves however they see fit, whether it's race, whether it's like, this is all. So then he, it's all kind of subjective. So then he goes, if they have a great, great grandparent that is a member of this minority group, this is how he says it. Um, can they qualify themselves as minority? And then the lawyer kind of gets flustered and he goes, it, they, they basically self-evaluate on the application. So they're poking holes in this. Maybe there's a way that we tighten up, you know, what, what diversity is when it comes to college admissions. May, I heard you. But boy, oh, they're going to get rid of it completely. California actually has has done this. And Bur- like they're all saying this has backfired. Our universities are not diverse at all. That we and and we've done X, Y, and Z to not try racially to- diverse. They said diverse. Well, that, that's a good question. I think it's a very good question. I what do does too. diversity mean? What but does that, it mean? But that's what the lawyer was saying. It's not just race that we're considering. We're considering all of these other things, but it keeps going back to race. Why? Because like diversity and race are so, they're intertwined in a way because your race has so much impact on the rest of your fucking life in this country. It impacts your socioeconomic. So why don't they lead with race? Like why, why is that so taboo to lead with race? Well, that's the problem is that the, the The white people won't have that. They will not admit that. And Mm. not just the white people, Clarence. Well, that nigga doesn't count. (laughs) Clarence. He won't. Mm-hmm. So, listen, I I am telling you right now, I don't see a, a glimmer of hope that affirmative action within universities, be it, that, that it's going to be upheld. But I see. Such I have no a, hope. It's such a science. There's such a, a scientific method in terms of the research and terms of the the um, statistics in terms of the ways that they can defend affirmative action and the importance of it and the consequence of it. Why, but where are the not. lawyers that can defend that? You if they make it, it clear, if they make it a tight discussion around race, you, if they make it a, a dis- tight discussion around disparity. You like, got to realize you are a lawyer presenting to the Supreme Court justices. These are the baddest motherfuckers in the land when it comes to lawyers and judges. They're going to poke holes in anything and everything that you say if they want to. They will have their way with you. So it's not that simple. That man had his graphs. He had his statistics. He had all his shit. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. But who's filling out this application? Who's deter- what are the determinations for race? And then they even went as far as race to say, doesn't exist. That's how they get you. I hate, I hate this. <laughs> and then they went as far to say, well, I don't understand. How do you know if you're a part of this marginalized mm. community? Can we define that? These are words that we, we understand in general, but when you have to define it, 
in a way of like a marginalized person is someone who makes this amount of money in this state, this state, like it gets really complicated. Toni Morrison said the function, the very serious function of racism is distraction. It keeps you from doing your work. It keeps you explaining over and over again your reason for being. Mm. Ciao. I, I think Marcus Garvey had, we just supposed to leave. We're not supposed to be here. It's getting clearer and clearer. We're not supposed to mix the races. <laughs> and we're not supposed to be here because this is a shit show. And next up, what they're coming for are gay rights. That's next on the docket. So, and and, and I don't want to hear what's Joe Biden doing because guess what? what? Joe Biden ain't put these fucking Supreme Court justices on the court. Trump did. So elections have consequences. Here the fuck we are. Well, in the we shall overcome and let's all <laughs> hold hands. Word on the street is that Julia Roberts' birth was paid for by Martin Luther the King and Coretta. Can you yep. believe it? I can. She said her parents were, um, her parents, no, Julia, her parents had some sort of like performing arts. Julia was um, born on October 28th. And without the financial aid of MLK and Coretta, Things might have gone differently. Her parents were poor liberals and they befriended Martin mm -hmm. and Coretta. And they said, yo, we on hard times right now. Like we had to have this baby. I, you know, <laughs> I knew she was coming for nine months, but we don't have the money. Can you please help us? Like, what are the logistics of that? How does that happen? Yo, I'm about we to don't have, have the baby. money to we don't have the money to birth the baby. No, like you, it's coming. Did you, did you hear you what coming? happened? Her her parents had the that like theater school. So they had money for the baby, but they had money for the theater school. And Coretta and Dr. DeKang was like, yo, can we put our kids in your theater school? And they were like, cool. We want our black and, kids in your white facility. Exactly. And so <laughs> as a result of that, they looked out like, well, you took on our children when no one else would. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure received threats and everything else. Julia Roberts, that doesn't surprise me. I'm just mad we had to wait this long to hear it. Do you like Julia? Do you have affection? I think she's a but she's she's before my time, but she was like the love child of oh, pop I culture like for a long. You do? I like Julia. Yeah, I like her Aaron Brock uh, Bronkovich. I like um, Pretty Woman. That's my mom. <laughs> That's my mom's favorite. Well, woman. Julia is coming to the cookout, so shout out to that. Is she White just because Dr. DeKang paid for her and did labor? Absolutely. Of course. I don't know. That black labor qualifies you to come to the cookout? And the Dr. King said, I do not want my black kids around other black kids. They do not act well. We need to put them in this <laughs> Jewish facility. Will you take them in? Julia Roberts is Jewish? I don't know. I made that up. Don't do that. My and bad. don't be, we are not we about to be anti-Semitic with on this Jewish podcast. <laughs> Listen to me. Not today. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. They, they just Jewish? suspended Kyrie because Kyrie ain't backing down, baby. I feel baby. like that, that. Julia Roberts like that is that not Jewish. Sense. Why would you do that? Why would you assume that? Anyway. It doesn't matter, but it's just like the Jews and the blacks have relationships. Now they was tight. So do the Christians day. and the blacks. It would Rashida make more sense. Jones is Jewish. We know that now. I just got that. Anyway. <laughs> and so was Zoe Kravitz. I knew that as well. Yes. Both her parents are. She makes a full Jewish person. 
mm. which is another interesting thing because the conversations that we're having around Jewish folks is that I think we stereotype the hell out of them and they're all the same kind of person and everything the fuck else. And then here you go with Zoe Kravitz ass. So what? I don't understand what you just said. At because all. I feel all of this. Anyway, I don't want to get into it, but it's a lot of like back backlash around Jewish folks. And I feel like we when we think about Jewish folks, we have a very particular idea of who they are, what they look like, how My they function in the is world. Conditioned. I apologize. Huh? I was shocked to know that Paula Abdul is Jewish as well from Syria. This is what I'm saying. Let's there's, fucking go, Paula. There's also Jewish folks speaking. Uh, I won't say his name, but there, I have a friend of mine who recently went to Israel and met. There's Jewish Ethiopians. There's yeah. Jewish Ghanaians. There's Jewish Nigerians. Well, so this, Ethiopians are the original Jews. Didn't you hear that? Come on now. You, ain't, you don't really follow uh, Dr. Umar. Real, like you ain't a real student Dr. from Dr. Umar. <laughs> the Semites. The original men. The original don't do Jews. This. Don't do this. East please. Africa. I don't know enough about it, but all I know is we need to broaden our horizons when it comes to our Jewish brother and sisters. Listen, you know how I feel about Larry the motherfuck David, okay? I got nothing but love for you. You understand? <laughs> but that's what I'm, when we think of Jewish folks, that's who we think about. Larry David. You know, like a typical white no, Jewish No, I don't think person. of Paula Abdul. I don't think but of a black But we should, Jew. is my point. Well, should we? It's yeah, not, your brain's should, not wired that way. It's actually it's a scientific to, survival to mechanism for us to make these generalizations. Like that's a, like a nigga got sharp teeth, fangs, big body. He's going to kill me. Your oh, body's wired. What, like you're just wired to be like, this is dangerous. Black girl. person, I'm, I might be scared. <laughs> that's that's just how that's how they're wired. Oh my god, <laughs> I don't know. If it's, we should. It's, it's not. It's not a good thing, but... It's a terrible it's, thing, and that is my that's point. That's the way humans are wired. Exactly. Look at Clarence the Coon Thomas. You would think that he Nigga, would feel differently. Come on. It's survival But here we now. go. Tribalism. What's wrong with the bull? I know. The fuck? Fall in line. <laughs> he said not on What Kanye say? Be a sheep. <laughs> Be a part of the pack. What you doing? That's uh, terrible. It's tricky. Because, again, we all think we're right. We all think we're right. Maybe that's the name of this episode. We all fucking think we're right. Clarence thinks he's right. Or maybe he doesn't. I really don't know what Which makes you have to doubt yourself. Because if these niggas think that that's right, and I think I'm right, this... Who's right? God is like, none of y'all. That's why I'm heating this motherfucker (laughs) up. I'm starting over. This is all wrong. Y'all don't get it. God is water. And y'all niggas is like worried about other shit. Like <laughs> what diversity? Like I flourish on diversity and you guys are over here freaking the fuck Trying out. Trying to define it instead of just living it. Trying to define it. We got to define it down to the, to the scent you make to the type of non-binary cisgendered all the alphabet it be the niggas with the recessive genes it be the ones that <laughs> actually biologically are in trouble i get it yeah we got to bring back francis the crest what the isis papers I don't see enough TikToks on ISIS papers. <laughs> Francis Cress Wellsing was no speaking TikTok that hot shit. On the ISIS Where are papers. the talking points? Where are the hot <laughs> topics about Francis Cress Wellsing? Because those were some hot topics. 
You know what? I think that you need to lead us in a conversation on the ISIS papers. We I'm should. dead ass serious. We should. That's it's a lot deep. of work. She I goes in. She well, goes in. She goes into why we call each other baby. She's like, you're infanticide. Inf- what is it? How you say? You're <laughs> I in- don't know. You're making the black man into a child by calling him baby. That's why y'all can't be calling each other baby because you're, 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 you're making the black man into a child. I said, Francis. Francis is not like Why bae. is your name Francis? <laughs> what should her name be? I don't know. That's irritating. I don't she like was a, that was a that woman did not play. But anyway. Shout out Wayne to Julia Wade's, Roberts. Shout out to Julia <laughs> Roberts. She's coming to the cookout. She definitely putting raisins and apples in her potato salad and fucking it up. Well, Julia was the first one. Her, and Harry Armpit. She was the first one to just have a she Ooh. was like, fuck your aesthetic. I'm coming on the red carpet with a full grown. I think you made afro. that up. No, girl. I'll never forget it. Google it was on e, the whites on e e news fabricated. They were like Julia really? Roberts. Look at this, Julia Roberts hair under her arms, petty. <laughs> Is that what you're googling? Right I have now? no fucking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she had on a red dress. The bitch went on a red carpet and waving. Girl, if you can see this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Let me Google you it. Just, all y'all got to do, Julia Roberts, hair under arms. And you see it. That bitch ain't put her arm down not once. She did it on purpose. <laughs> oh, she did. She Julia she waved said, to everybody. Fuck your standards. I, what is fucking armpit wow, hair to a long God? arm hair too. You know how, who brought me here? Coretta. She did that on purpose. She Shout did. Put your fucking arm down. Why you do your hair and not shave your arms, girl? Anyway, first of all, shout out to her. I don't be the one do that because I didn't see your arms a couple arms times be and been wolfing. shocked. Wolfing. Shocked. But we all think we're right. There was a reason why you did that. <laughs> this is <laughs> a very interesting case of who's right, who's wrong. Oh God! Dwayne Wade's ex-wife has filed a petition objecting legally changing the name and gender of their daughter, Zaya, alleging that the former NBA star is positioned to profit from the change and expressing concerns that he may be pressuring Zaya for, for financial gain. Now, Dwayne Wade is in Africa with his wife who hasn't aged a bit. She's about 59 years old. She looks so goddamn good. She's just good. turned 50, I think. That bitch old and gorgeous. He's in Africa <laughs> celebrating his black melanated Where queen. in Africa? Africa is a continent, South not a Africa. Country. Okay. And he had to go on the interwebs and be like, listen, bitch. He said, <laughs> while none of us are surri- surprised by Savon's attempt to fight Zaya's identity and her unwavering attempt to drag my name through the mud, I'm very disappointed that she continuously finds ways of centering herself and her needs without regard to her children. He said, Zaya was in class when this bullshit came out, and this kid has maintained a 4.0 GPA in honors class while her mom is hating and bringing all this unsolicited and harmful attention to her gender and sexuality, and he is not, the mother is not committed to listening to her, much less even knowing her. You gotta put the ether beat under that, cause he was like, bitch, you don't even know her. You don't even take care of her. Who are you? Who are you? 
I will say, Dwayne Wade did win custody of his children and custody of his sister's kids. So it's giving it, it's the giving, possibility girl, is that the parent he knows how to parent a little bit now. Those kids look happy. They look healthy. Moisturized. M- girl- <laughs> <laughs> Them fucking kids moisturized and glowing. Glowing. But it did bring up something that I have no right or wrong answer to. Um, I don't know what Zaya's desires are in terms of any medical procedures. I think it's just desire to have the birth certificate amended to have the name and the gender changed, um, which doesn't require all it, it, doesn't require any like medical documentation, but it does require the parents to both uh, agree to it under the age of 18. And so a lot of people are saying, first of all, I just want to say that I think that Savannah needs to mind her business in this. Okay. I feel like her daughter's her business though. A daughter is her business, but not if you're not like, present in a way you know what I mean like not you not being present not being around her and the only focus and attention that you're giving her is around you trying to control her identity mm-hmm. and not like you don't even know that she's in honors class like you're you have no desire to know her aside from according to in a Duane. control way but according to Savan, you know her opinion is that the child's too young to be making these decisions around their children are too young to be making decisions under the age of 18 around their identity, their sexuality, especially around uh, medical procedures, hormonal procedures. And that like, give it a beat. Like the kids frontal cortex isn't even fully developed. Like no one's denying them of their possibility. These aren't Savan's um, words, but I've, I've been reading and Mm -hmm. trying to form my own thoughts around it. Like, let them <clears throat> live and have their pronouns, you know, change and regard them, the identity that they want to be regarded as. But, like, take a beat when it comes to any kind of medical intervention. Let, let, let the child grow. And so I guess... I, I guess the question is, do we need life experiences to make decisions around identity and, and our sexuality and... I was trying to think in my head, the only thing that I could think of in terms of medical um, intervention is around like cosmetic surgery, which often is deeply connected to people's identity, deeply connected to their the way that they want to be seen, their self-esteem. And there's no requir- like age requirement. You don't have to be 25 to get that done. If you're under the age of 18, you need your parents' consent, but there's no like psychological or medical mandates around all oh, the child's too young to be making these decisions. And I don't know. I, I have no idea. I have no idea what it feels like to not feel like I'm in my right body. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think that I, I don't know what to think. I think it's, that's, that's a difficult one. Um, and I, I guess you have to give it up for the people that are having the fucking experience, Right. Yeah, I mean, I also think children are different. Also, children I, are different or these children are different? Every child is different. 
So to say, like, do you need life experience? Do you need that? Do you need this? Some kids will know exactly from the who day they they're are four, from the and who they're not. Two, three yep. is word exactly. Yeah, and some kids you can see in them that they're flailing a little bit, mm-hmm. and they're like figuring Exploring. it out. Mm-hmm. And it's like I don't want you to make any decisions that are permanent while you're still very much figuring it out. Zaya seems very clear, clear of who Zaya is, word, and she. Has been steadfast in that, you know? And I don't think it's easy to choose to be her. And she's choosing that. Word. Because that's who she the fuck yeah. is. And, and so, like, and thriving you have with to the listen support. to that, too. Yeah. 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 Like, you have to listen to that. And also, I, I, I hesitate to say this, but, like, ain't nothing can't be undone now. Uh-oh. <sighs> It can't like it. No, for some of these procedures, you ain't no going back there now. Ain't no going back. Well, well not the procedures, but this birth certificate thing. Like, oh, give yeah. it a break. Like, yeah. all right, relax. Like, I'm a supporter of Dwayne Wade. I have prayers, protection. I, I mean, again, that's that's the rejection of a mother, which has nothing to do with your identity and your sexuality, is really, really hard. That's one thing to not have your mom in your life, but then to have somebody trying to control you and not be in your life. So, yeah, I know that's a heartbreak. So a, a bomb for Z- for um, Zaya and for their family and Joe. Shout out to Dwayne for protecting his people and showing up, which that's all I ever see him showing yeah. up. Finally, um. For, in, in regard to showing up, many of you have listened to our podcast. You have heard our guests, one of our very beloved guests, Aaron, who's come on twice on the podcast, um, is in the hardest moment of her life right now. Uh, she recently lost her partner, Rodney, unexpectedly, and... Aaron, for so many of us, is like the manifestation of self-regard, the manifestation of sexual, not sexuality, but like self-discovery and just, she she is shown and we have grown with her. If you follow her, Aaron and Melism, you've watched this woman blossom and she's very generous and very 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 open about um her life and what she goes through and she's a beautiful reflection for so many of us and a wonderful teacher and inspiration and she's she's in so much pain right now and like she's even open about her grieving process I look at her stories and I like I'm crying reading these stories stories and her sharing the love that she had and the love that this man had for her and the incredible loss and uncertainty that I know that she's feeling. And she just recently put up a GoFundMe because she wants to get out of um, the home. And I, 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 I probably this, I don't know where she's yeah. moving to, but probably the, um, the city in which, you know, her beloved roamed and and memories just follow her everywhere. So she has started a GoFundMe to help her relocate. Um, Another thing about grief is it just shuts you the fuck down and the basic things you just can't do. So in terms of her food and, and 
not being able to go to work and caring for her kid. Like she just needs a time to grieve for however long. And so she put a GoFundMe up. She's trying to raise $10,000 to make the move to situate and to just find some reprieve with her son. Um, the GoFundMe you can find through her Instagram and her Instagram is E-R-Y-N-A-M-E-L-I-S-M, Erin Amelism. You can also send money directly to her cash app so that no fees are taken out with the same spelling. Um, again, I know a lot of us love her and really care about her and want to see her be protected and held in this moment the same way she's done for so many of us by her just being herself. So prayers to her. Um, and finally is a collective loss with the mm. death of takeoff, mm. uh, which happened just, I guess a week after I learned about um, the death of Aaron's loved one passing. And I didn't listen to Migos, you know, Migos as the group are iconic. Like they just are iconic. You never so, listen to them? No, I don't I don't listen I don't like actively have never actively gone on to Girl, like Spotify. I went to a whole concert. And look, you did? Yeah. At uh, Madison Square Garden. I love Migos that for and Drake, you. baby. Mm-mm. Oh, they did go on tour together. No, that that wasn't my um I I missed that. I missed that bus. Yeah. But I knew of them, of course. And he was tragically killed. Uh, I don't know the exact date, damn it. Um, this week, unexpectedly in Houston while playing dice or playing some type of uh, game. While living his black ass life. With Quavo, with his uncle, mm. or his, yeah, his uncle. Um, Migos, they're all related. So Quavo is his uncle and then Offset is their cousin. They're all family. Takeoff was the inspiration for Migos even starting. Um, arguably the most talented and favorite of the rappers by many. And sweet, quiet, quiet. humble, not in the drama. From what I saw, funny little, you know, um, asides he would often share. And it's just been really sad and interesting watching everybody's collective responses to his death. A lot of, um, I think the first thing that I noticed was just the deep regard everybody felt, how everybody was just fucked up. You could feel how broken a lot of people were by this, confused by it. Um, I still don't quite know what the, what led to it, but all we know, the the sounding reason is that it was fucking senseless. Like, it did not need to happen. It should not have happened. And why does this keep happening? You know, it felt all so very, very familiar. Um, I've been watching everybody's response to it, and there's this protective response that a lot of black men um are sharing i don't know the the rapper's name but a lot of people going online and screaming at the camera around how to be more street smart 
You can't go to other people's cities and yeah. they're telling you, we got bitches, we got weed, we got your back. And then you put your fucking defense down and then they catch you. You know, you can't slip. There's that resounding. There's people just feeling really protective around his his legacy, his his um his identity, E News fucked up and misidentified uh, him as t- uh, offset. offset, and the community was really angered. Um, but in all of the misconstrued, not misconstrued, but all of the, the the takes that people are offering, there's just like this deep, deep protection, like this protective nature, this 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 mourning that they all want to do and and are doing in their own ways um i think is really disheartening and and nuanced and deep and i'm also not connected to that that street life where you can't put your guard down like mm-hmm. it feels so like a prison that they're asking these men to live of like, you can't go anywhere. You can't trust anybody, you know. You can't post where you're going to be, similar to um, mm-hmm. to the, the last Philly rapper that was murdered. You can't have enjoyment. You can't fucking relax unless can't you're live. like... I, I wish we had this energy for the people that that violate, that pull the trigger. Exactly. It's like we exactly we, we come for like you should have known better. Yeah. You know that there's evil out yeah. there. It's like, well, yeah. where's that energy for the for the idiot who did this? Like, but again, I, I feel like it's when you grew up in a certain way. Like I even hang with niggas that even Rashid, like he has a uh hypervigilance that I don't have. I was walking with somebody yesterday. The way that he was looking at everybody, stopping mid-sentence, like of course. he was not, he was super hyper-vigilant in a way that he couldn't fully be pregnant, He pregnant, present. He couldn't relax and it's embedded in their uh-huh. DNA, like not just from the it's hood. Predator, like, it's predator or prey and it is absolutely a prison. I, I will say I, in Philly, I would hope that you are walking around a little bit more vigilant, but not 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 in the way that he was acting. No, I'm I mean I'm not in North Philly either, but like regardless of where he was, like yeah, I'm at a cafe in West Philly, you know, surrounded by niggas with one green sock and one blue sock. Like yeah, we and we just, say that, but there's a certain amount of privilege too. I that's think, what I'm um, saying. I'm not connected. That that's not my I know. experience. I remember being out with. And I got really upset with him and I had to check myself. I was out with my friend Black. He was, it was me, Black, George, Lonnie, some some other homies. And this car pulls up and they know the person in the car. So they're like, oh shit, what up, what up? Meanwhile, I don't know this person. So I'm looking around us and we're in Flatbush. And this dude had was eyeing Black for like a block. He's behind this newsstand. He's coming back out, peeking at him. He's going back around. And the way that I, I like punched Black in his back because I was saying his name over and over and he wasn't, he wasn't listening to me. And I punched him to get his attention. I was like, you need to pay attention. And like got really angry with him and upset. It was more about me being nervous for him. 
I was like, this, you know, this, they fucking plotting on you. You're not even watching. And then he turns, he was like, oh shit, I'm slipping. And like, looks at the dude, like what, you know, I see you kind of thing. And then the dude walks off. But just my reaction to like me being angry that he had some joy seeing an old friend, you know, catching up with him on the corner, you know, the friend's hanging outside the car. He's catching up with the friend he hasn't seen in years. And I'm furious because he's not watching his back. And just in that split moment, he was about to get got robbed of something. He had some fly shit on and about to be robbed. And I realized afterwards, like, oh, man, I I don't know how I would have done that differently because I was trying to protect him, but I also know it's not his fault. So there's this thing where we talk about it and we're like, well, where's the energy for the... And and energetically, I think there should be space where we hold these people who violate and who are the predators and murderers accountable. But then you also have to deal with reality, that they exist, like that man, whoever you were walking down the street with is dealing with that reality in a way that we're not. Mm-hmm. Of course. So the, just... the responses to this is protective measure. This like you can't slip, but also like you can't slip, like which is inhumane. Yes. It doesn't. That's not. Yes, it's necessary. But the fact that that's necessary and the fact that hypervigilance is perpetuated probably since slavery time is exhausting. Oh, since before that. And, and, and awful. It's just like, it's not how one should live. And it also just shows again, how vulnerable black men are and how keen to how vulnerable they are. Mm -hmm. And that comes off as hard and tough. It comes off. Yeah. Or, Yes. But it's actually, they know how fucking, right, you you hit the nail on the head, how vulnerable they are. Aleem Smith, brilliant artist, yesterday night, he did the cover art for this um, season for Atlanta. He's from Delaware. I admire him very greatly. He is also a beautiful writer. He shared this about takeoff this was very painful to wake up to because i really fuck with takeoff a lot of times when we respond to death it's not about the person we lost it's about all of the fears insecurities and the uncomfortable reminder of how not infinite our time on this planet is i've never met takeoff a day in my life and i didn't have to for his life to impact mine i didn't have to meet malcolm x or martin to cry about their death i didn't need to meet Pac or big I don't need to list the amount of inspirational black men who have been murdered because I walk around with that list written on my heart every day. I heard a quote yesterday that was like, a lot of people aren't afraid to die. People are more so afraid to die for no reason. Mm. And this shit is becoming so senseless. It's just spooky. It's discouraging. One of my deepest fears growing up was being murdered for being great. That fear... Mm actually made me delay my trajectory and pursuit of my dreams tremendously because in my mind success for a black man was tethered to murder i delayed my potential because i thought if i created value out of myself someone would want to take that value off of the face of the earth and when i seen that takeoff was murdered at 28 it immediately triggered that feeling of yep fuck being successful or known for anything 
And then a friend called me and reaffirmed that fear by sharing that he had the same one. Then I remembered, fuck my fears, I have to celebrate this man's life and immediately played the song T-shirt and Takeoff said, yeah, I'm a feed my family, nigga. Ain't no way around it. Ain't never gonna let up, nigga. Nigga, God show me my talent. So there's this, also this under underlying thing that's happening that I think a lot of young black men, whether they're conscious of it or not, is that they're shrinking themselves. They're not taking up space. They're not showing up with their talents, with their, they're deadening their desire and the possibilities in themselves because the bigger they are, the, the, the bigger the target that they are. The yeah. more that they're, the, the less accessible and the more alienated they are from other niggas that are dealing with that own cycle of self-esteem and confidence and like living in this defeat. And it just, that, it just broke my heart and also offered a lot of insight um, into, we're like frustrated with men in a lot of ways or black men in a lot of ways, but I don't even think we're always tapped into what they're carrying and they don't even know what they're carrying like why won't you show up because i might die the fuck why won't you be responsible why won't you show us your talents your beauty you're so beautiful because i might fucking die what that's it and that is another way in which they need to be humanized. That a lot of that is rooted in fear and in sadness and pain. And vulnerable, they're just so vulnerable. And then it's like this under, it's like the, what's it called? It's the juxtaposition of like their, their vulnerability, their fragility. And then they play out this masculine thing where they go and shoot somebody for no fucking reason. Like... What? In the psychosis? It hurt me. It made me really sad. And another response that I'm seeing by the collective is embarrassment. Embarrassment? People are embarrassed. Like, why does this keep happening? Why do we keep, like, this isn't happening. You don't see this shit happen to the Jonas Brothers. You don't see white men having to deal with this. Why are we killing each other? You're reinforcing the fucked up um, theory that all of these, you know, again, to go back to what we just talked about, these people that, like, don't want to see race but also figure out on how to poke holes, try to figure out this, the snide ways of showing how black people are just like inferior, like black on black crime, you know, Kanye West statement, but you don't see, you know, all the, all our music is lower chakra and we fucking killing each other. So there's like this collective grimace of like, fuck, like, why are we doing this again? That's super nuanced and it's not, it can never be explained by just, you know, we're aggressive and and out just killing each other just because as if, you know, the history of America doesn't play a part on on this cycle that's happening. But that's been interesting to watch 
And I know I felt it in myself a little bit like, no, like why? Why? What the fuck? Why does this keep happening? And then you feel kind of discouraged. Every, I feel like there's like um, there's no we. I, I don't know how we like we know how to grieve. I think that is wildly not true to think that black people in particular in America don't know how to grieve because like that's just what ha- has had to happen. But also, I don't know. I don't know how it's being processed. I don't know. It just feels like discouragement. And like, where does that go? How do you like energetically bounce back from that in a way where you don't feel discouraged? I don't know. We, this episode is really long, but, um, and I don't want to be long winded. Another aspect of this is just uh, forgiveness and I really feel for Offset because they were on the outs. Oh, I know. Just they were on the outs when this happened. And imagine how un- that kind of unresolved energy. And then he's taken. And then I really feel for... Whew, for... Um, Quavo. Quavo, who witnessed it, who held him, who watched it, watched it, he stood there and watched it bleed and bleed out from his head. What does that do to a person? What does that do to the to the people around him? How does how does Offset show up as a dad to so many as a husband? How do you do it? I don't know. I don't know. It is truly sad. I think. When we when we when we get to the part about embarrassment, I think I think embarrassment is usually rooted in there is a role that we played in it, and and that's where the embarrassment comes mm-hmm. from. And I think we all need to collectively think about the role that we play in it. And uh, I don't know what that is. Maybe it's that we don't we aren't humanizing men enough and recognizing the realities. Maybe it's that. We're consuming shit that promotes lower certain chakra. lifestyles. You know, the Jonas Brothers aren't promoting this. The Jonas Brothers aren't promoting this. So that they're not calling that energy towards them. Even, I, um, yeah, yeah, whatever. I really think that y'all should listen to Salt's all the albums, because I feel like energetically what they're offering is hope in a real way. And mm. I love that we are on Martin Luther King is on this as well. I always hope is dope. I always connected hope to some type of surrender, some type of it's, it feels it feels like you're just giving it up to God and you're just not present. And it's, it's almost a defeated energy. But in listening to that album. I I had like a come to Jesus moment of what, how powerful, how active, how embodied hope is, how hope is like prayer. It's like defiance. It's, it is so important and we need it so badly. 
in in this moment. And I just that is going to be something that I'm really trying to um, practice in my life of what hope means to me in a space that we just we feel so defeated and so discouraged and not just kind of like, you know, it's like, yeah, hands on my knees praying, but also like. I don't know. It's a different kind of energy as well. Um, it's an it's an active energy. So that's it. Rest rest in peace. Rest in power to Aaron's beloved Rodney. Also to take off and to all of the the lost ones. All these black men that are taken from us um, collectively and personally. It's we feel it. Mm -hmm. I think with that We're out You have just heard An Around Away Curls John Follow them on Twitter At ATW Curls And Instagram At Around Away Curls We out early <laughs> Very good I pray to God to wash my sins. God, I performed against me, not a weapon. No weapon. Ask him where do I begin? Where? Devil trying to take my blessings. Blessings. They don't know the meaning of the white. Nah. You don't really live this life. No. Niggas in the hood shoot twice.